0: And we're live.
1: Well, hello, Lurkers and Bots. It is 2020-10-28. This is uh, show number 30 of Lucid Indifference. That's lucidindifference.com. Check out our website and look at our clips and see if you like what we've got. And if you do, check out our other shows. We've got uh, last show, uh, number 29, going up live. I think it's tomorrow, isn't it, Minion?
0: Or are you still queuing a whole lot of stuff? (laughs) All of it's... Cute, but I'll, I guess I'll just have it tune to Wednesday on Friday. Yeah. Sometimes I will
1: give you more clips than you know what to do with. And it's fine if you want to put more than one up during a day. And my, my intention is to have even clips going up even like right now, even today, so cued for like literally this minute. And that might be a, a prompt. So for example, if somebody's subscribing and they have notifications or they visit or they remember, like God forbid somebody actually remembers a schedule these days. Uh and then that if that uh the channel itself, the YouTube channel itself, will send notifications via the clip and that will jog people's memory to come and see the actual live show on the days that we are live. And speaking of notifications, you've got a Twitter that has been set up. Congratulations. It is ugly and horrible and default, but it's there,
0: but it's there. So this is a good start. It's plain default. I don't see how that's ugly and horrible. It's default. Well, their default is pretty incompetent.
1: It's pretty ugly. So we haven't decided on uh, things like a logo or colors even. Um, So there's stuff to be done. But even then, even then there are things like uh, tweeting out when we're about to go live. And maybe if there's stuff that's being talked about during a show, you can use Twitter as a way of communicating some of that stuff. I know other podcasts, when they're live, they don't necessarily lean on the platform that they're using. So for example, we happen to be on Twitch, which is fine. We can encourage people to come on Twitch, but some people will be here, but won't be logged in. They won't don't wanna make an account, for example. So some places what they do is they they have people uh send them uh messages via Twitter or they have a common hashtag for people to kind of talk with one another and and just to encourage using the social media that that people already use in the way that they already use them as opposed to so uh that's that's one of the things to do. That's one of the things to consider. The other is checking out uh, Restream, Restream.io, I believe it is, and then do multi-streaming or multicasting out to start with just YouTube and Twitch. And uh, it, it, using these different platforms is perfectly safe since we do local recording. We don't have to, one of the risks is if you use other people's services, they can cut you off. So for example, if for some reason, some car drives down the street and it's playing some copyrighted song, We can have our stream terminated or something weird like that. We're going to enter into that world. I'm sure we have extra sensitive AI. And, uh, so, but we record things locally. So it's perfectly safe for us to stream on multiple platforms and never have to worry about who archives what and what rules are where and this kind of weird stuff. I mean, we're not particularly edgy. Um. At any rate, at any rate, that's the kind of administrative for segment three. Uh, let's see what things do I have to talk about today. Uh, I maybe I'll talk a little bit about this ridiculous uh, uh, portrait mode monitor that I have going. <laughs> I'm going to have to rearrange uh, my room, and due to the nature of how things have been mounted, I may not have the combination of a nearby wall for a wall mount or desk space for a desk mounted for a like a regular. You know like the the regular monitor stand stuff i hate those i don't want to use one ever again and i may not even have the right kind of space for desk clamped monitor arms so i can't have like obviously you can't have six i've got four screen technically five screens maybe a six i think i lost one (laughs) but only only in my life can you actually lose a monitor And, uh, so obviously I can't use, actually I can use four at the same time, probably, but I just can't fit all of them. I can't arrange all of them. Why, why am I going to, okay. Other things I want to talk about. I'll probably talk a little bit more about that mask about me, almost dying and this kind of stuff. I did, I did actually talk to a doctor the day after last show. So I have some stuff on that. I'll talk about the Frisian learning stuff that I haven't talked about in a very long time. So that will be. Uh, boring cause it's a pretty short complaint. <laughs> uh, Halloween is coming up and we've got pumpkins for the first time in this household. <laughs> so i not pretty sure. And, uh, I don't know how to carve them or anything, but we're going to figure out what we're going to do with that. We'll, we'll figure something out. What? <laughs> well, we a, I, I've never done it. I don't think I've ever done it. Put Maybe knife
0: if, and object cut. Either A, take a pattern, stick pattern on pumpkin, put knife in hole, or just freehand and do whatever you can th- get creatively do. Wow. Well,
1: okay. So I've never, see, not having done that, I really don't understand. Put knife <laughs> and, in objects? Well, well, okay. I've done that before. So you've got the scars Arr! for
0: that,
1: <laughs> but uh, I've never actually, I, I certainly have no artistic talent for carving because I've never even tried it but I'm sure getting, getting a pattern is doable. We'll have to, we got a couple of printers hanging around somewhere. Uh but I'm just assigning a secondary minion to do some cutting. Uh, maybe there's some creativity there.
0: Who knows, who knows? And then maybe either candle or an LED that, or an LED. Yeah, um, uh, the
1: pumpkins were picked up again. This is a different minion, so minions aren't very bright. <laughs> he forgot candles, uh, so we might have tea lights. But I know I've got a couple of big like uh, ritual candles that I can probably use. They're probably a little bit big, but
0: we'll. You they're just they're big punk- pumpkins. A dollar st- Just go to the dollar store and grab a few. Uh, small candles will be fine yeah. as well. The little tea lights,
1: they probably only last a couple hours a piece, but that's going to be fine. Right. You're going to maybe swap yeah. them out a couple times. So I've got no problem. Yeah, we'll figure that out. I mean, it's only the 28th today, so we've got a little bit of time. Um, so, uh, I, we should definitely talk about cyberpunk for sure because it was delayed again and we should probably complain for as long as we can because blow off some steam, I suppose. Um, I I will talk a little bit more about the administrative I may as well start talking in order to hype myself for the the new equipment and maybe some of the new room arrangement I'm I'm attempting I, I have no idea what I'm doing right but you listen to experts and uh I try to take the advice that they give you and hopefully hopefully things work out and this this entire thing this entire shebang from beginning to end has been an experiment and I know I know that I'm doing things wrong (laughs) and minion is wrong. (laughs) So we're, so things are going to be like quarter assed and stuff like this. Uh, but kind of documenting it as we go is a great way of both. You know, uh, I, I don't want to hide from the shame of doing things wrong or listening to bad advice or not following good advice correctly. And that learning experience, conveying it properly to other people is also a way of, uh, I I guess, whipping myself in some sense and making sure I do better as opposed to just kind of ignoring the flaws and pretending like they were never there and all this kind of stuff. That's, that's never a good idea. Um, so, I mean, do you want to talk about cyberpunk right
0: now since you're kind of chatty? I don't think it matters until it'll come up at some point. Uh, well, it could come up now if, if we choose that's,
1: that's the nature of conversation. <laughs> okay, no. So, no? <laughs> okay. So no, okay. So I'm going to start with my screen. Um, man, I had blinding headaches yesterday and it is so bad. I normally don't, but I took, a a, some sort of headache medication or other. And, uh, it just, I had a very specific, I, I know myself very well and I will get certain kinds of uh, pains. My left eye will hurt me and l- like left temple kind of thing. It's a very predictable sort of headache. And, uh, I just checked just before the show, just to see Like, I wonder if this screen decided to reset itself and try to be smart because it, I, I intuited that it had been changing brightness occasionally, and it's one of these quote unquote smart monitors. It's got a little light sensor underneath it. And it's, uh, it actually makes the bezel look incredibly dumb because it pokes out and it, it's bad. I don't, I guess I'm, I have no, I'm glad they discontinued selling this, (laughs) just because it's not, it's not actually that smart. It's supposed to have all this intelligence built in, but it was just like intelligently giving me a headache. I went fiddled and yeah, it reset and it it was trying to be bright literally and figuratively. And so I I turned off all of its intelligence and, uh, and it's really dim now, but it's one of these, like it's dimmer than my main screen and maybe my main screen isn't right. Like we were fiddling with power, right? So maybe the power being off reset the screens or something. I'll, I'll tinker. I'll tinker and you know maybe it's just it's uh, getting later in the year we've got less daylight this kind of stuff maybe my eyes are just kind of getting angry at me because of lighting conditions changing and all this kind of st- who knows who knows and uh the other thing my computer decided to yell at me and be all angry and dumb and the keyboard wasn't working right and the mouse was sticking and like it just suddenly all happened at the same time and I, I raged and just reboot. And the first thing I noticed is, um, I, the portrait mode monitor is default, but it's default and it's still in landscape while it's booting up. So every, all the, everything is sideways. So if I ever have to fiddle with my BIOS or something like that, I'm, I think it would be on that screen and I think I would have to turn the thing to actually use stuff. I'm waiting for monitors to come in with one of those. I don't know what the technology is. It's, uh, you've got it in your phone where it can tell if it's right side up. I'm waiting for. Like, that would be a monitors. waste.
0: Unless it's like a, t- unless it's a touchscreen monitor, it's a kind of a waste.
1: Well, yeah, it is, but I pay the extra f- five, 10 bucks for a feature like that. They so charge,
0: to... they charge more for it. Let's be Probably. real. <laughs> also, are you using windows? Are you telling windows to, defaulted or using a different program
1: well um it, the there okay so first yes windows has been informed that my leftmost, my my in front of me widescreen monitor is main right and this other one to my right in portrait mode it's my secondary so it it understands things so the mouse enters and leaves the screen edges correctly uh this is this is deeper this is a a hardware level thing at the BIOS level, essentially it's the video card being initialized on boot up. Uh, it, it it has a primary display and it just pushes everything to that display and ignores the other one, um, completely. So it's like, uh, what, what display is that DVI? I think it's DVI that it has as its primary and then HDMI is its secondary. So it's, it's, It happens to be pushing through. So maybe, maybe what I'll do is I'll just swap the cables around and
0: figure that out. And then you shouldn't have to, um, my main, you just got to tell which one's monitor one and which one's monitor two. And then tell them which one's your main. We can go through the settings, but it should be fine. I don't know what you mean by settings though,
1: because this is literally booting up without windows being there right? So this is, this is not even BIOS level because the BIOS, so the, the motherboard has its own video, video card essentially cooked in. And, uh, the, that's what the BIOS has access to. It doesn't actually even know, it doesn't understand the video card at all. So I don't, unless there's some weird way of flashing some firmware in the video card, I've got no way of, of doing that, but it's really easy for me just to swap cables around and then
0: t- tell windows to, to do things correctly. Well, you shouldn't have to, I this is a new installation of windows for me. And all I had to do was just play within the windows setting after logging in and everything works fine. Right. Even when it restarts. Right. But I was talking about before windows is loaded,
1: right? Be, while windows is loading, it's loading splash screen is on the wrong screen and is sideways, not that that really matters since my computer boots up in seconds, but it's, it's a nuisance of mine. It just means like if I press delete during boot up and I go into my BIOS cause I want to fiddle with, with some setting or other, it's gonna refer to the wrong monitor, but yeah, like I said, easy to fix, easy to fix. It's not a windows thing, not at all. Um. So it's just, you discover these, these little nuances, these nuisances, but it turns out they're, they're pretty easy to, I think it's going to be really easy for me to fix. Like I could do it during the break, but uh, that would be dumb. That would be dumb. Um, so yeah, the headache is gone. It's one of these all day (laughs) headaches. Uh, my main screen is kind of bright now, but what can you do? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of hardware before I totally forget, I think this keyboard is finally crapping out. It's a, a fantastic Dell multimedia keyboard. It will probably cost me too much to get a replacement for. I've got two spares and they're both Dell. <laughs> they're exactly the same, but this one's got like extra buttons across the top that, I mean, I use the calculator button every month, really, but there's a volume control knob that I like, like a lot. Um, so, uh, I might just switch to to one of my other keyboards, the control key the left control key, not only is it a little bit wobbly, like it's really squishy, like really squishy. And it still works though. I'm not really sure what's going on. And it's actually got a dent in it. I use it so often that I've actually dented a plastic key. I don't think I've worn it away. I I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. It's not like it has some cover to it or anything like that. It's, it's, Smooth, really smooth with this nice dent. So I think it's, uh, I think it's comical. I think it's, com- this is one of these things that I would, uh, share on my Instagram or whatever the heck, cause the entire side of the keyboard is worn away from my hand cupping it and, uh, riding up on the control key. So it's the stuff you learn, but I've had this for years, years and years and years. I think I actually, uh, I think I've had this for more than 10 years. I'm trying to remember when I bought this. Probably like 2006, something silly like that. And it's good. I think they still make this. Dell is great. I recommend Dell. This episode is not brought to you by Dell. It's not sponsored. It's not sponsored at all. Not yet. Speaking of sponsorship, Minion, have you ever thought about like getting an Amazon account and actually having the like the Amazon referral stuff, figuring that stuff out? Because I often refer to products that I'm buying or that I'm using or that I can suggest, and that I'm going to be doing more and more of that
0: for the audio stuff that I'm going to start talking about.
1: I mean, if that's something that you're, I mean, that can go on. I have no idea how
0: it works and such, but. I mean,
1: so this is a 20% time. This is one of those things that would literally pay off. (laughs) I mean, obviously it doesn't matter right now because there's no, uh, The, the, the audience that we have that is interested in the stuff that I might be talking about, um, they're not getting into podcasting right now. So they don't, we don't have shoppers through us. So our recommendations are kind of falling on deaf ears, but it is like a 20% time to think about. So put it on your to-do list and it would involve going through old videos and replacing the links. And it just means that if a video is interesting and active and talks about certain popular topics, and then it refers to products, it means that that would, I I actually don't know how it works, but I would be interested. I would be excited to learn this kind of stuff because I'm the type, but I would encourage you to attempt to be kind of curious about these things because like it said, like I said, it literally pays off. Um, and I mean, there's more than that, right? Uh, but I know nothing about these things. What I always wanted to to what I envisioned for this podcast was me being the guy that that more or less talks and helps inspire ideas and conversation and this kind of stuff. And you managing behind the scenes as well as you can. So figuring out community stuff and figuring out, monetization stuff or platform stuff or right. This kind of thing. And, uh, but that require like that actually requires work. Like, so I'm, I'm doing, I'm working right now, technically speaking, right. Have to improve my, my clarity and my pace and my, and all this kind of stuff. So that's stuff I do in my spare time and, and I do the talk, right. um, Plus I do the editing and stuff. So I'm actually, I'm pulling my weight, right? So I would expect like an hour a day because there are times when you're not even spending your 15 minutes a day. It's like, I just need you to perform tiny actions and they're just not happening. (laughs) It's so annoying. Um, okay. Well, uh, I guess no, I'm not putting you on the spot anymore. Um, so I did talk to my doctor about the mask thing. So this was, and my doctor confirmed it was hyperventilation from rebreathing carbon dioxide. Basically I had a bag over my face and it's like having a paper bag and you're, you're huffing it. And that's what was happening with this perfectly formed mask. And it's the combination of the material and the fit. And, uh, it's dangerous and it's dangerous. And my doctor is not willing to, uh, step up to bat for fighting for this, so I actually, I know some people, so I'm going to, uh, talk with the, uh, the province and a couple of intermediaries. So we've got, so in, in Canada is split up into provinces. So this is in the United States, you have States So it's kind of a parallel in a lot of countries where you have provinces and our provinces have, uh, distinct control over their healthcare system. And there are some laws and some things that are common, but there's, there's quite a lot of, so for example, for the times for something like masks, I can actually speak to more or less local government and they can make decisions for the province. So that's, that's the direction I want to pursue. Even though I can, I will kind of poke around at the, at the, um, at the federal level, at the Canada-wide level, I'll send a couple of emails and and just mention this and uh, see see how they react. Right, I don't know that anybody cares enough because, like I said, if you feel kind of tired wearing a mask, it, it's pretty obvious what you do. <laughs> if you're wearing a mask and you don't feel good and your breathing doesn't feel good, step outside and take it off. Not hard. <laughs> it's still legal. <laughs> um, and uh, so. So yeah, so I'll, I'll, maybe I'll talk about that adventure as we go, but I probably won't because that ends up talking about,
0: um,
1: I, I wouldn't want to bring up, uh, individual, uh, people in administration or politics or whatever, because some stuff happens way behind the scenes and even, and whatever I learn probably isn't meant for general distribution. And this is this some of this might be drama. <laughs> I like being involved in political drama now. <laughs> this is not the first time. Um at any rate, at any rate, uh, I think that mask experience has actually um kind of messed me up psychologically. I, I think I'm getting nervous around wearing masks because of that. I, I need to think about replacing my masks and I need to think about re like breathability and all this kind of stuff. I think. Because my previous mask, uh, it's not over the ear. It's not ear loop, right? It's, uh, behind the head. So it's got two bands. One is behind the neck and it goes kind of around the chin. So it's one continuous loop and the other is, uh, kind of around above the ears, around the head and around kind of the nose area. And they, uh, it's a, it's a fine fit. It's just really awkward to put on and take off. Um. And so I want to replace it with, or with like around the ear loops. So I need to get a different one that isn't going to kill me, but am what I'm going to do is I'm specifically, I know, I know people. Okay. So just hold on for a second while I say this, I'm going to get single layer, I like guess single layer of mask. Okay. Okay. But, but I'm going to have a bandana over it. And so that's my two layers. And, uh, I'll get something that is reasonable and that's going to be breathable enough. Like I'm going <laughs> to write it. So it's the, it's meant for like snot. And so this will be a snot catcher. That's fine. And, uh, it, so it'll, it, it, it should be good enough and it will have the appearance appearance that people are expecting of a mask. If I need to pull a bandana down, cause bandanas are single layer. Remember they're not appropriate. Um, and, uh, so that hopefully that will work out and that will be a different kind of fashion statement. I suppose, like I have to think about these things now. <laughs> what do what do people like who wear suits? What are they doing these days? You suppose we need to find some pictures of, you know, politicians are wearing just ugly masks and stuff like that, or just, uh, flat matte black masks, which, At uh, this-
0: at this point, I'd imagine just whatever they wear plus a mask.
1: Well, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still imagining people like stepping it up and having, I don't know that a politician would start wearing patterns or anything like that, but I mean, ties are a really, really big deal, believe it or not. And so I'm like, well, maybe, you yeah. uh, know, and it's, it's one of these things where if they're, uh, it's not like a, a virtue signaling thing for them to wear masks because for uh a lot of politicians under certain circumstances won't will take it off if they're doing like a speech or something like that. But if it's in front of a microphone that's being shared for that moment, then I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I haven't actually looked at so there are regular updates. So the health minister for a province will actually you can There are YouTube channels, right? For this kind of stuff. So you, I mean, if, if anybody here is interested in what the heck is happening in Canada, you can actually poke around and I think it's what Canada.gc.ca or is it something like this? Oh man, I don't even know my government's website. Minion, go be useful. (laughs) Find find the Canadian government's website. But at any rate, all. That sounds right. Sounds good. Everything so, uh. JC.ca is everything, official government, and we've got an official COVID thing, but it's weird because it's actually hard to find the individual, like little YouTube channels for that, for a province's uh, health department that would have these videos recorded. And you can actually get the, the, the provincial health official giving, rambling off the numbers. And I, the previous ones that I've seen, I've seen a few, the previous ones I've seen there, there was no mask, but it's been a long time. So I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think I'm misremembering and they share the mic too and everything. So I don't know. I don't know what drama is happening at the governmental level these days anyway, but, but, uh, i still wouldn't be surprised if we had like, uh, masks and ties matching. <laughs> it's just, it's just so odd. Is so odd. Oh, Halloween is cancelled in Ontario. (laughs) So I was uh I was wrong about Halloween. Uh they there is pressure on that. I don't know if it's going to be respected at all. So Ontario is our highest population province. It used to have our capital in Toronto. Um, I think uh we moved our capital to Ottawa after we burnt the White House down. I can't remember the The drama. But uh it's in Ottawa now, which is also in Ontario. And our oldest population is through there and then Quebec. And uh I think Quebec has it pretty bad. I actually don't know offhand. Um, but it was I think it was Ontario, then Quebec, and then I question mark for the rest of the country in terms of effects. And I don't know how big Halloween is in Quebec, but it's always been big for me, so. So uh it, it would I mean I will still give out candy <laughs> regardless of what's going on right I'll still be I'll still be sitting out there in my in my mask I'm not going to wear a mask behind my mask so it's not going to be a, a proper mask it's just going to be a mask It's just going to be a Halloween mask without being you know the the typical the typical grocery shopping mask although that would be terrible
0: mm.
1: Have you seen people walking around with like uh Like stormtrooper helmets (laughs) and stuff like that.
0: Get pictures of that. Like, or is that only in America? (laughs) Cause they're just like that. They're just weird. Um,
1: I suppose I'm going to switch to something completely weird. So, uh, so. Uh, I'm, I'm learning more about audio and and what I can do in this particular space. I have other things to attend to, but I can't get, I have to move shelves and stuff in order to get at the walls in order to examine them and kind of judge whether or not I need to do anything weird. So we have some electrical in this particular, so the room I'm in right now, the room I'm talking in has uh, one particular wall, which, uh, on the other side has a laundry room. And it's fine during this recording, but not generally. And so there's, there's stuff I need to look at cause there's a gaping hole on this side and there's a gaping hole on the other side, but it's, it's not all the way through from that point, but through elsewhere in the wall. So it's essentially one, uh, it's essentially one layer of drywall is because it's got holes on both sides. And so I don't know what I can do to improve either side. Um. I I have my eye on some spray foam, like I'm, I'll take it seriously. Right. So it would be spray foam, but it's meant as, uh, there's stuff that's meant for sound, like sound insulation stuff. There's stuff that's meant for insulation, but the stuff I'm thinking of because I'm doing it right is you're never going to offend somebody. If you're spraying something in the wall for like a crack, if it's like 1500 degree Fahrenheit fireproof sealant. <laughs> So that's, that's what I have my eye on. I just need to look at the, the gaps to see if that's appropriate, if there's something else that I should think about, this kind of stuff. So I'm not really sure what's, what's going on, but you know, in the laundry room, you've got hoses, which lead to your washing machine. You've, you've also got piping, which will, uh, if you've got a basin or something like that, which is really common, uh, then, so you've got those pipes and then you've got the Taps, usually you have taps that appear that you're, you have hoses for your washing machine and those taps for your washing machine usually are inset in a little plastic cubby hole. And that plastic, that's just a little plastic cubby hole. Sound will punch right through that much more easily than it will the drywall. The drywall is not good as it is. And, but it'll punch right through the plastic, which is right next to the washing machine. And then, so it's got probably no insulation, right? Maybe it has some rattling pipes through there. And it's got that void, which is going to be kind of meaningless. I mean, it, it's, if, if it's sealed on one side, then the void inside is meaningful. And then it hits the other drywall on, on the room side and the room, and there's like, and it's terrible drywall. And so it'll just punch right through, but, and it's got actual holes in it because it has It has inset boxes for, uh, there's like acoustic cabling that runs through because this, this room used to be, uh, like, like not a theater, but you know, one of these kind of like secondary living room type of things. So it used to be wired for stereo speakers and such. And the wiring means that there's like a little box in there and that box isn't particularly sealed. So it's basically a hole in the drywall. And it's not really well done at all. It doesn't even have a plate over it. And there's a big electrical box there too, which is one gigantic hole hole that's not properly mounted and all this. So, you know, it's one of these things where I'll, I'll mount it correctly. And then I need to determine whether or not I either pull it out and spend like $50 on this putty that goes around the box to put it in and give it, uh, sound insulation properties and then spray foam to seal it when it's put back in properly, or maybe not, maybe just spray foam it or I don't know, I don't know, right? Because technically speaking, it doesn't matter if, uh, if the laundry room is not in use during the podcast. My concern is of course, everyday life. If I'm in here doing other recording uh, what's going on, uh, right? So I'm still, I may as well get into it. I'm still looking at what it would take to build a sound studio. And I may as well, I mean, this room isn't really used. So that corner, do I build it out? So that laundry room wall, I could technically speaking, put a, either a temporary barrier or redo the wall or something, which I mean, that's an ordeal I probably won't do. But if you build a, a temporary wall, a stand or something like stand it up, uh, put some pegs, so it's, it's not right up against the wall, but it's right there. Use it as a, as a sound barrier, as a void, put a fake wall up and then put that insulation and all this kind of stuff. Um, oh, that reminds me. Okay. I'm the type I'm the type. So I actually, so there's this stuff called rock wool, which is the recommended stuff. There's this other stuff. Whose name I can't remember offhand. Um hey, I may as well like click
0: I'm gonna click clack and look it up right now. Like right now. Where is it? Okay, so okay, so this there's this
1: stuff called uh uh Rockboard Rockboard AFB. And it's a semi-rigid insulation. so you can actually like cut it and all this kind of weird stuff. And there's, uh, some other materials that are highly recommended, but rock wool is recommended because, uh, spun glass, your, your, um, fiberglass insulation is, is deadly, right? So you have to wear special material around it. You have to have a mask on, which may be fairly expensive these days and wear gloves and long sleeves because it'll irritate everything everywhere. But I really don't trust that. Because it's one thing to have it in your walls, in your outside walls. Usually, yeah, because you then put a layer of, well, usually have a vapor barrier on top of it, which is a great start. And then you have drywall on top of that. So it's, it's you're safe from it just living in your house, in a room that happens to have fiberglass drywall over there somewhere. But if I'm handling it myself in order to build a false wall, and if I'm uh, capturing it in fabric. And that fabric is meant to uh, allow air to pass. Well, it may well keep the fiberglass in, but I don't trust it. You get YouTube, how to videos for making sound booths and sound treatment panels and stuff like this. And they're not, they do they're not taking these precautions. They're going to die young if they're unlucky, right? Because this stuff is not good. Now rock wool is supposed to be good. <laughs> But that's a lie. And there's a there, you can look at the studies and the certification and the, you can look at all that stuff. But there is one simple fact about fiber and your lungs, which is if it is not organically soluble, if it doesn't dissolve eventually, it'll stay in you forever. And your body, it it has no ability to do something with it. So if you're breathing in rock wool, it's, it's rock. It's never going away. And unless you can be smart enough to like, if, if your body is smart enough to what it does is it captures it and it, uh, coats it in mucus essentially. And unless for some reason you're able to cough it up, it's just there forever. And that's the kind of stuff that, that does bad things, <laughs> really bad things. So rockwell is just as bad, except people pretend it's okay. so, uh, but that's an alternative. And I went and did, I did a bunch of research on these materials cause I'm me. So I went and I, I found out, right. I, I listened to some of the really subtle semi-conspiratorial comments. And then I looked stuff up myself. And then I looked at stuff like you look at Wikipedia and it's like, oh, everything is safe guys. Like, Ooh, but you actually go and look into the, the studies and stuff like this. And no, no, it's, it's really, it can't be, it can't be. And it's not um i I don't have to like fake having reason about this it's It's just how all of these elements work, and so there is one thing though where it's possible to have an insulation that is organically soluble. I think that's the correct phrase, so I actually contacted the the main guys that make Rockwell to see if they either if their product is like that and they just don't advertise it because they're dumb. Or because they have specification sheets and stuff like that. They've got all the technical details, like some really good stuff, or if they have some other product and you, if you, if you poke around, you might actually get lucky and learn that maybe they've got something experimental that isn't on the market yet or whatever the heck. And I just need a small amount, right? I need enough for heck if I, if I had enough for like a four by three panel, that would probably be a good start. I think for a good space, you should have, uh, one, you'd, you'd have three, essentially three. So you, what you need is you need one, some sort of, so this is for sound treatment, not for isolation. So not for soundproofing for soundproofing, you want to have like seven feet tall, floating fake walls of multiple layers. And so you'd have these panels that are like with 24 inch on 24 inch studs and seven foot walls and all this, you actually have to take it really seriously, which, which is, a, whoa, boy, is it expensive? <laughs> I looked into it. Whoa, boy. I actually started doing the breakdown of what everything would cost. Just, just cause I wanted to know. And, uh, no, it's just not correct. But for little treatment panels, you have three. Okay. Because there's three vectors that should be covered. So sound treatment is a way of, let's say you've got a, let's say you've got a hallway problem. So you're, you're in your bathroom, you're in your shower stall. And what would you do to get rid of that? That there's a specific sound, right? What that sound is, is your voice echoing off of all the surfaces everywhere, but there's technically only Three, there's the X axis, the Y axis and the Z axis. So if you're standing still, like you're sitting right now, your X axis. So one axis is if you were to reach your arms straight out, left and right. So if you, when you talk, some of the sound goes straight out that way. Well, it goes in a bubble, right? But you've got a wall directly there. Say you're in a square room, which is awful for audio. Then you've got straight in front of you and behind you. So you can imagine you're speaking, It it's uh, the sound bounces from this, the wall in front of you and then back washes back over you. And then you've got up and down because your voice will still be heard. And it's still, you a lot of, uh, if you've got like a little shower stall, it usually has a tiled ceiling. But if it's in a regular bathroom, it might not. It might just be a really tall ceiling that doesn't get splashed just because it's so far away. But it's still a problem if you were it's the same kind of problem in an empty room. And if you wanted to sound treat, you'd have to have something either behind or in front of you to take care of that vector, that direction, something to the left or to the right of you to take care of that direction and then something above you. And if all of these, if you have three panels, then that's good enough. That's good enough. Uh, and I had one guy, it's, I had talked about him before. It's, uh, oh man, why can't I remember his name? Mike Delgadio did uh, an adorable video with him in a bathroom and, uh, and this is a perfect example. He, he is somebody who is aware of the dangers of fiberglass and he is handling a bare fiberglass panel with only half of it with a sheet on it, even though he knows and has talked about the dangers of fiberglass. It's just like, no, I want him to live. He's, he's a really nice guy. And, uh, And so that's, uh, that's, that's, but he demonstrated it in a, in a bathroom. And so I, but I would take it a little bit more seriously. If you're mounting something, uh, not quite on walls, but away that is, that is even more you, you never think about some of the things that are around you, just how much engineering goes into everything. And audio engineering is, there is an ongoing joke that like, quote unquote real engineers have about how kind of offensive it is that the concept of audio engineering exists because like it's not, it's it's not building things right it's not like uh but it's it's still really really silly hard, and there's some people that have calculated uh, there's no real way to do it the right way, but for certain ranges of sound. What materials are effective at doing what and at what thickness, and one of the things that nobody talks about loudly enough is if you've got some sort of sound t- treatment panel, you buy it commercially or you make something that's really simple uh slightly dangerous but but it's really simple uh and you you hang it on the wall like a picture, and people say this, and that's wrong that's wrong because the There's the material itself and there's the wall behind it. And the idea is you're changing how things reflect. Now, if you're putting something up directly on the wall, it's essentially becoming something like an extension of that wall. So it's, it's the same thing more or less as you having that box with a piece of drywall closing the back. That's what happens when you're hanging it right up against the wall. So it kind of acts like that. And that is different. That is different than if you were to hang it on a peg and keep it, and good audio engineers calculate, well, how far away is good, how, how effective is it as it moves further away from a wall? And of course, there's all kinds of weird distances, and it it means things for different ranges of sound and magic, and I don't understand and half of them kind of vaguely don't understand some stuff, and it's just weird and hard. And this is why people are worth very good money for helping with this kind of stuff. But, but, I mean, I've only got so much work space to work with, so there there's, there would be, need to be a way to hang a one of these panels, three of these panels really, uh, X number of inches away from their surface. And so the one on the ceiling would just be hung by hooks and wires. Uh, just like a potted plant is, is hung by hooks. You can do the same thing with, and these panels are, they should be as heavy as possible, but honestly, you're not going to get fiberglass or any kind of insulation that's that heavy, right? So they're, they're not as heavy as a potted plant and, uh, figure out how to, I don't know, just cut out some pegs or something like that for, for the four corners and just kind of hang them, um, somehow on, uh, people are saying, well, just put on some L brackets or something like this, which is probably a great idea. We'll read random comments on, on everything, everywhere, forum posts. And you'll find somebody that has the most blunt, cheap solution for a particular problem. It's, uh, yeah. So yeah, L brackets, <laughs> those are cheap. Don't buy them on Amazon. actually go to a hardware store and get them for real cheap and just get big ones. You can get like four inches by five inches. And that's, that's too big on one side, but it's, it's plenty fine to like, just kind of, uh, hang or lean or whatever the heck. And I guess while I'm there, while I'm there, this is totally segment three stuff, but while I'm there, so there's this idea called a base trap which is a myth. It's it's a thing that can't exist. It can't exist for everyday people, let's say. It can't exist for do-it-yourselfers, and you're going to get do-it-yourselfers who have great YouTube videos and go through, and they've got shops and all, and they're, what they're making is garbage. Even though they're they're great people with good intentions using fantastic tools and plans, and they're doing it right and it looks fantastic, it does nothing, or next to nothing. And it's certainly something an everyday person could never do. And so, if you look up something like a diaphragm bass trap or something like this, it's uh it's ludicrous. It's so hard to make. And normally, what they are is they're these like wedges that you hang or you paste up on the walls, and they're horrifyingly expensive. And they really do need to be thick, otherwise they're kind of useless because bass is really the low end of of sound energy is really really long waves. And so that entire long wave really has to get caught in that foam and bounce and then get caught by the rest of the foam coming back for it to really mean anything. And so quote unquote trapping or reducing it, it effectively does not happen. One person calculated how thick the foam would have to be in order for it to, to mean for, if it's just like foam, like acoustic treatment, foam for it to mean something and it's three feet thick. And he's got the science behind it. He's got the math behind it. It's like, it would have to be three feet thick and otherwise it's just meaningless. And so, but there's, you will, you will help with echoes and stuff like this. And there's, there's help for things like standing waves. And this relates back to the air gap. As it turns out, if you air gap one of these, just a little bit away from your wall, it, it helps tremendously. But there's this really weird idea where if you have it too far away from your wall, odd things happen behind it in the corner of the, again, like I said, man, there's actually serious science about this. There is no way I'm going to get into that as a hobby. I'd rather get into theoretical particle physics than audio engineering. Like, Like, but the math is probably easier for the physics, honestly. Um, but it's interesting to learn this stuff because I, I wanted to know if I was going to get ripped off buying some of these products. And the answer is universally yes. The thing that I would need to shoot for is just removing as much of the reflections as possible, but not all of them. Well, I can't anyway if I even wanted to, and make it turn it from corner of the room sound, from hallway sound, from bathroom sound into a comfortable bedroom sound. And that can actually be accomplished with a bunch of layers of blankets. And, uh, I'm thinking of doing that with, you know, moving blankets and I've got a better way of hanging them and all this kind of stuff. So we'll see how that goes. I think I'm going to, uh, do a basic version of that for next show and see what happens. And for next segment, I'm actually going to turn my gain up so it can be heard a little bit better (laughs) because I don't like the, I don't like the little blue lines that I'm getting in audacity. So we're done for the segment. I'm going to take a 10-minute break, and we're going to be right back. I'll see you soon.
0: And we're back. Yeah, well, hello,
1: lookers and bots. This is Lucid Indifference, episode 30, segment two. So I I made a small change to my audience. Stop for five seconds again. No, we're going to keep going, because that doesn't matter anymore. Remember? Right. okay right the sync doesn't matter it's going to catch up when it catches up and it's uh it's disruptive to demand that if if it turns out that uh some combination of discord or twitch isn't working out uh probably discord then we will we'll look back at i think telegram is a pretty good one these days or talks we'll
0: look back at talks again telegrams is from one point to another and this is broadcasting to whoever it's a bit different live talks are different as well
1: i don't okay so i don't understand because all we need to do is talk to one another and have you stream that audio uh, broadcast through obs so what you're listening to is uh discord grabbing my audio and feeding it to you and discord messing it up. So if we replace discord with anything else, it doesn't really matter. And as long as you can grab that audio stream and push it into OBS, then it works. So we could use Skype for all that matters. It's just whatever is convenient at this point. It doesn't really matter. Cause it's not, we don't need a secure channel. We just need reliability. Um, okay. 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 Um, So I did turn the gain slightly up so I can hear myself a little bit better. I had problems uh, last episode, or at least I thought I did with doing something called clipping and clipping is if you are so loud that you are, uh, you're stressing out a microphone and this doesn't necessarily mean you're shouting. It's just, there are these moments of, of, uh, air pressure that, uh, wash over a microphone and, and press too hard against its membranes. And this, it depends on how, how hard it's listening. So it depends on its gain settings and stuff like this. So I had myself really up nice and loud and I had the microphone very close to me. Now it's the same distance from me and now I've turned up the gain. So it's, it's the same as before. And the mic is the same distance to me, but it's further, it's further down. And so it's lower and it's angled. Uh, so it's kind of like tipping its head back. So it's pointed at my mouth and this is a technique where the, so you can move a microphone in multiple places where it can be right in front of your mouth. And that's very effective, but it's also very risky. So you're, because your breath goes right in that direction, but you can move the microphone around to kind of point it at, uh, where your mouth is. And then the, the breaths go in that direction and not at the microphone as much. And so right now I've got it below and tipped and I'm, my breath is going over its head. So it's, it's quite good and it looks good. And I'm trying to, I'm doing all this stuff so that I can learn better technique because I have a better microphone coming in. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. So I'm going to talk about sleep. Because I haven't talked about that in a little while. (laughs) I don't think I... I think I talked about that last episode, last show. Can I call them episodes? Like, you can correct me, but can't I?
0: It's so much easier. They're essentially... Yes, they're somewhat different meanings, but they essentially mean the exact same thing.
1: Well, I think the idea of episode is is from episodic. So it's regular occurring It doesn't talk about, I don't think the idea builds in the idea of story arcs, which is, so we, we, um, we adapt, we, so we think about, um, episodes in terms of television episodes, but that just means, uh, every once a week or whatever the heck that is, it's episode. Uh, episode is also used for other terms, like,
0: like for psychology. I didn't catch any of that, but we can use, I didn't really catch a quarter of that. Oh, okay. So this was the discord thing again? Yep. Are we, are we still kind
1: of training you to, <laughs> okay. I can piece things together, but I'm a minion. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'll keep using uh, episode cause it's, it's just got a nice flow to it. I like that word. It's got a lot of syllables, has meaning. Uh, So I think last episode, I I also talked about sleep. I'm going to talk about it as much as I can, because it's one of the most important things in our lives. And yet we don't, we don't think about it enough. We don't do enough about it to improve it. Anyhow, winter is pretty much, is is coming upon us. And uh, people make the joke, like especially Americans make the joke that Canada's cold. But, uh, a lot, so there's a chunk of Canada that's, that's quite moderate actually. And it's, see, it's like, uh, it varies a lot weather is kind of funny and stuff like that, but there's a lot of the United States that is absolutely brutal compared to chunk of Canada. And as I said before, Canada, the population is primarily, uh, like a strip to itself. And so it's not all, it's not very bad. It's not bad with some exceptions, actually, like Alberta. (laughs) Anyhow, anyhow, and because the temperature tends to be dropping more and more in the evenings, that means that if, if, uh, you've, you've got heating, right? You've got heating even at night when people are sleeping and it needs to kind of keep the temperature above freezing, right? Above a certain point to keep people comfortable. People get get really good sleep when they're a little bit cooler and they just bundle up with lots of sheets. Like I especially love this, but so I, I recently fiddled again with the thermostat cause I was unhappy with where it was. It got reset cause we replaced the battery and we were just too lazy to do anything about the heat side of things. We were obsessing over the cold side of things cause of summertime. Anyhow, anyhow. So, uh, I got woken up by the thermostat. And this is an unpleasant experience to say the least. And I've had a, this has been a nightmarishly awful thing for years everywhere I've ever lived with every house. And so it's funny because, uh, when, when you sleep in, when you've got a problem with sleeping in, like you're sleeping in on a Saturday morning or Sunday morning, then the there is that opportunity for the heat to just burn you alive and make your morning experience, make your well waking up experience, kind of awful. You're you're sweaty and uncomfortable and whatever the heck in bed. I'm really really susceptible to that to being, like it'll just wreck my dreams and it'll it'll wake me up and I'll just feel kind of terrible. And this is yet another advantage of being a morning lark. Yet another advantage of waking up early is waking up before your thermostat kicks in. And starts cooking things and it depends on uh, where you are, right? It depends on where you sleep and where your, like your, your registers are. So your, your duct work and how, what direction it's blowing in and, and all this kind of stuff. Right. So it depends on, maybe you could deal with, uh, like a couple of degree difference. Cause it would take only X amount of time to warm the house up that much. But if you let it get really, really cold at night and warming up quite aggressively that's going to just blow a lot of hot air and if it's pointed right at you as you sleep you're it's going to stink so um so waking up early just completely dodges that problem and i had been sleeping in a couple of times and uh, I'm, I'm now suffering <laughs> i'm now having a bad day because that's what woke me up today because i i tried to sleep in so it's pretty bad so it's not I think, I mean, I wonder if it's a way, if there's a way to do that on purpose, but it really does depend on where your heat is in your room at any rate, because that would be a great way of encouraging somebody who uh, ought to be a morning lark, like Minion. I think you're beyond hope for something like that, but I mean, I still, it's a dream. I think if you accomplished it, it would be, it'd be wonderful, but maybe you're just not the type. You're just so skilled at staying up. You're so s- skilled at being lazy. Like you're even so lazy you don't feel like sleeping. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing. Um so uh related to to the temperature and it's it's also related to acoustic management. Uh, there's really nothing you can do about a door. I've talked about this before. Unless it's a solid core door, which is not really going to happen inside a house. Um and there, you've got problems with sound getting through sound from a hallway, sound from wherever penetrating through to like a bedroom, say, for example. Well, you can put in weather stripping inside. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. And that helps both with acoustics. Like if you seal off so that air can't get through, so check to see if, if light can't get through, air is probably not getting through. It's pretty safe. Get a flashlight, somebody on the other side of the door. And, and just check. And if you're able to weatherproof it and seal it all off, hey, that's great. That's going to be okay for sound, right? Oh, just okay. And if you get like a, something on your sill that bubbles up so that your door pushes up against it, and it's got a good seal that down there too, especially down there, then it's also going to be important for cold because if you've got a room down on the first floor, let's say, and, and it's near a doorway, like an outside doorway. You get all that nice cold air as soon as people are coming in and out. Uh, it will just, there is this nice layer of outside air that rushes over everything and it will find its way into a room. So it's really important to put any kind of barrier you can against that. And I actually purchased, uh, a, a web. it was like a kit that has a little sill that I can glue down outside the, like under the door essentially and uh weather stripping and more weather stripping and i've got i've got experience with the weather stripping that's trivial stuff to to stick it's like just you peel off a thing at the back and you stick it up against the frame and yawn right but i've never fiddled with the the little the the under the sill stuff so the underside of the door stuff so that was a new experience and uh what i was given was absolute trash i don't know what they were thinking with it it just doesn't work uh, so it, they get it in like a garbage bag. I'm just sending it, all this junk back to them, my half-assed attempt. And it, no, I'll, I'll take my money back. I'll take all of my money back for that mess. And I'm not going to be forgiving about that kind of thing because. So you can imagine a, uh, it's, it's a convoluted shape, right? But it was shipped flat. It should have been shipped as a bit of a dome. Um, but it was shipped flat and it was shipped with a couple of strips of adhesive, right? And, you know, normal kind of adhesive where you peel off a backing and then you get the extra sticky bit that you stick on. In this case, there's already a little sill down there. So I would stick it onto that and, and essentially elevates it into this squishy thing that would create a great seal. And, uh, but this was the, like this, t- whatever this was, this glue, it just came off of the actual material. It wasn't there was no little protective film for me me to peel off. So it just, it was completely useless. (laughs) Uh, so I, I tried, uh, I had double-sided tape for hanging mirrors and I tried that, but that didn't work out. Uh, so I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mess around. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that space. Uh, there are things that I can buy that just like little, they're like socks on the bottom of your door. And I'll probably get one of those, uh, I don't know how effective they're going to be because it has to be a really good seal for it to be meaningful. So there might be some combination of that in my future, as well as uh, some sort of Velcroed over the door blanket, which I mean, that's better than nothing, but it's not very good. It's a lot of money, which is annoying. Now, before I forget about the weather stripping, uh, I'm kind of sweaty after fiddling with all that weather stripping for that much time it turns out this door is not hung correctly. (laughs) So, so it's kind of, it's wonky. The, the top right corner is kind of sticks into the room a little bit too much and it's kind, it's kind of shifted in a different direction. So I would need two layers of weather stripping in one area and then I can't even fit anything in other areas because the stripping is too thick. (laughs) So it's, so uh, I just, so this morning, this afternoon was just a terrible experience. Just terrible. And I was so looking forward to having a warmer room with all these people coming and going. Uh, not, not having to wear slippers one day, right? Not having to sit cross-legged in a, in a chair at a desk. Um, speaking of random stuff, random, random stuff that I ordered in, uh, I, I, oh, I love Ikea, so, uh, I'm not going to ever really suggest Amazon to other people, even though I'll, I'll talk about the stuff I've gotten on it and I'll link products and things like that. I'm not proud of that, but Ikea, I'm always really impressed by Ikea. So it's, 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 I would, if I had choices, there's, there's a few companies that I will definitely go to and Ikea for just random cool stuff. (laughs) I will go to them, even if it's slightly more expensive it's definitely more reliable than buying from whomever on Amazon. And so I was, I was looking at all kinds of stuff because I was thinking about getting a different desk because I needed one of a different size because I'm rearranging this room. And, uh, I, I, I can't even remember what I ordered, but I ordered a couple of little things and they first, I ordered a mirror. That's right. So that was the one thing that I ordered and maybe something else at the same time. It's that mirror. I mounted it. I mounted it with, I wanted to mount it with tape, but I'm like, had a conversation with a friend and he's like, well, uh, okay. So I didn't mount it with proper screws and stuff like that. So, okay, fine, fine. So it's really up there. Well, and so I'm happy with that. But when they shipped it to me, they also shipped an ironing board. (laughs) I didn't order that. They just, they just shipped one and So I'm like, well, I don't really want to deal with having to return an ironing board, and so I just had it hanging in my hallway down by my front door with most of the packaging so I could technically wrap it back up and maybe ship it somehow, I guess. So if they like call me and ask me about this, they figure out the mistake they made, I'm like, okay, well, I've got it. I don't know how to ship it back. I'm not paying for it to be shipped back and it's an ironing board that would kind of cost as much as the ironing board does. And I I looked up on their website for that ironing board and it's a good one. It's a really good one. It's, it's a little bit torturous because I would have ordered that ironing board had I, I mean, that was, that was on my radar. And so I, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to leave it there and wait. And I, the other day, I got an email from FedEx saying your package has been successfully delivered. I'm like, what package? And go and check outside my front door. Okay, was it stolen? <laughs> Aw, and uh, and no, no. I, I I looked into it further, and apparently, it was the uh, the FedEx acknowledgement of delivering that IKEA package from like a month be pre- pre- from a month previous. I'm like, okay, what? And then I get a satisfaction survey from Ikea, (laughs) like, Hey, how'd our last delivery go? I'm like, Oh, okay. So what happened is somebody somewhere messed up and Ikea had an investigation going through FedEx and there's some expiry and it elapsed and the mechanics kicked in, uh, FedEx gave up on it. They couldn't find the package or my, the, the investigation into my shipment didn't get, didn't go anywhere or maybe Ikea gave up and Ikea closed that order, which is weird. Cause I mean, I had all of my pre, as far as I knew, I mean, they, it's just the oddest thing. So they send me an email. So I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I'll fill that survey out. <laughs> you guys were great. Thanks. This was a really great experience, guys. Do that again next time. I'll uh it won't say no. Um and it was not an inexpensive art I mean it's IKEA, but but still it was good for it's good even for IKEA. And uh so now I've got an ironing board. So that actually that works out rather well because I needed something to like fold other stuff against and treat one of my walls. So I'm like, I'm gonna do the most budget rearrangement of this room for audio and I think it's going to work out thanks to Ikea's wacky ironing board I'll just lean it up it's a little bit soft but I can put stuff over top of it and uh and kind of treat one of the walls so that was an interesting experience like okay life is just weird life is just like that um oh um yeah before I forget about the pumpkin thing uh Minion, do you have any value for pumpkin seeds now that we're technically gonna have access to pumpkin seeds? The phrase was asked no. No. Um I don't know what to do with pumpkin seeds. I don't remember particularly liking them, but it sounds like work trying to get seeds out of the mush.
0: So I'm not sure You just rinse them with water and then just oven bake them with seasoning. But
1: but I but I like I have to separate seeds out of the muck that gets scooped out. So that sounds like work. I mean, I could make you do it, but I'm, I don't,
0: I can't remember liking pumpkin I'm not scenes. going anywhere near that pumpkin, those pumpkins.
1: <laughs> You're not going to like bathe in the guts of pumpkins just for kicks? <laughs> uh, We'd need a lot of pumpkins. We, 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 we would. I mean, I wonder if there is some sort of, of Twitch thought who would do that and then sell it. <laughs> I should suggest it somewhere and get somebody to to turn that into some bad meme. (laughs) Um, pretend like it has happened and, uh, and yeah, pass the joke around. Um, and for, for our listeners in the future who have no idea what joke I just made, there was a woman who sold her bath water online and actually made quite a lot of money from it. (laughs) Was it just the one time or was it multiple times? It
0: was one time. And then, She did condoms. Oh my. And that's all out.
1: Oh my. Maybe you shouldn't have said that because I'm probably going to edit
0: that. That is a little adult. (laughs) Uh, I mean, were they used? (laughs) I'd imagine
1: no. Okay, good. So, cause there are custom printed everything, right? I was just looking into custom printed stuff and, uh, not for this show or anything weird like that, but somebody was asking, um, they wanted to know if you could buy a Frisian flag anywhere or shirts or something like this. And, uh, you can buy things like this from the Netherlands directly. So, so for, for our listeners. So I had been interested in, in following the Frisian language, which is a language, which is the minority language in the Netherlands. The other is Dutch and almost everybody speaks English as well. And It's a little weird. They're great with languages. So it's like Dutch, English, and Frisian for some people in one area. And I'm interested in that because I've got some family lineage that goes back there and stuff like that. And it's the closest cousin to English. So I was learning it that's kind of stalled, but I just got a message from the developers of that program, thanking me for my feedback, which was ludicrously extensive.
0: And I, I had
1: only covered two weeks (laughs) and they're seven weeks in now. I just kind of gave up after a while. I need to look at it again. Right. And maybe I'll just get them to, to bring me into the second course when they revise things. And then I'll just take it really, I'll take it more serious, more anyhow. So that's why I'm paying attention to like these Facebook groups and things like that, that have to do with the Netherlands or Dutch culture or Frisian stuff and things like this. And so one person was asking, well, where can you, where can you get this stuff? You know? Uh, um, and I, I bought, I think it was on, I think it might've been on eBay. I bought a couple of stickers just cause I thought it'd be cool. And I want to slap one over top of my, the Dell logo on this cheap laptop that I've got just, and it would be adorable. And if I'm, if I'm out on the town, if I'm, I'm typing on my lap, if I'm working on my book, some in some coffee shop, this was a dream of mine. I probably not going to do it these days. Uh, and somebody recognizes that then. Hey, it, it's ridiculously rare that I could, but if somebody recognized that, then I would make a friend that way. And if, if somebody goes, Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) You've got little hearts on that. Then that's a conversation starter. It's like having a small dog. (laughs) Anyway, just the, uh, just earlier today, somebody was asking about where you can get flags in a shirt. Um, uh, and it's, it's really, really ridiculously expensive shipping to get stuff from the Netherlands. And I, I'm not, and I know things are weird in Europe. So they have, they have certain shipping things that things are just naturally expensive. And I guess thing people are used to it, but when it kind of hops out of Europe over here, things are just kind of crazy. And you've got weird border stuff that might kick in, which, which, well, I, I do not order from Europe If I can ever help it, I look for some sort of reseller or something like that. Like I did for my candy and cookies and stuff like that, my holiday stuff. And there is, uh, I, I probably bookmarked it somewhere. So I might find it and link it in the description of this particular video when it goes up. Um, there are services that will print anything on anything for you, man. I found, I found this website And I'm poking around and like somebody decided to print a flag on a custom baseball you can actually get a custom printed baseball. Like, and it's real and everything. And it's really inexpensive. It's like $25, probably us dollars. So that's, I mean, that's still fairly reasonable. I don't know what shipping is either. So it's probably not that reasonable with, unless it's free shipping somehow, but you know, some American company, it's always free shipping within the continental U S it's like, maybe they'll sell to Canada. Maybe. Um, all right. okay. That was random. That was random. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about cyberpunk. Like we got 24 minutes. We got to got to rant on about this. So, uh, what, what the heck is the full name of the game? Cyberpunk 20 something? 2047 cyberpunk 2077 2077 okay so this is a this is a mature universe that was i i don't know that i am hyped for it because i'm a really old tabletop role player so i'm i understand this genre this even this literary genre fairly well from from the actual tabletop games so all these all these posers liking this game <laughs> I mean, they're liking it as a game. I'm I'm liking it as I like that this category of game is coming out. It was a big big hype hype train, I suppose. I mean, I I was never on board the hype train. So until like Keanu Reeves made a splash for some reason, he got memed for being himself.
0: <laughs> like he's just like that. I mean, did you see the part where he where someone in the audience told him about? him being breathtaking.
1: Yeah. So that got memed or that got whatever signal boosted essentially. Right. And that's, that's wonderful and all that did get associated because that was a presentation. That was his reveal of him being of, was he an actual modeled as a character or is he just a voice actor in the game? Sorry. What was that? So Keanu Reeves is, is he as a like, Is his image modeled into the game somewhere as some character? They
0: took everything, they they took his physical appearance and and modeled it into the game, did some alterations, and called it Johnny Silverhand. Oh, hmm.
1: Okay, so Johnny is actually a throwback to one of his earlier characters in a movie called Johnny Mnemonic, which I highly recommend. And Johnny Mnemonic is actually based on a book. Uh, I can't remember if I read the book. I don't think I have. I'm pretty sure I haven't. And if you, if you watch Johnny Mnemonic, you will know exactly why he was hired on to be Neo in the matrix. Because this, like, I've joked that, that, that Keanu Reeves can't act. And I maintain that, that he can't act. He only plays himself in, he he plays one role in everything. And if you, and so he's the everyman, so he's gray. You can, you can separate the actor and the character because they're kind of the same thing. They fade away. And, uh, for a movie that tends to be quite an attractive thing because the audience can, can throw themselves into this nebulous, undefined, boring character. Anyhow. So if you look at the movie Johnny Mnemonic and then understand him in the matrix, they're the same character, right? They, it's just lifted. So the, the acting, the, the reactions, the everything, the mood is, is just the same now. And again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm valuing that. So I've learned to appreciate that. The Keanu Reevesness of the movies that he's been in. Um, and the Johnny mnemonic, John mnemonic, the character is, it's the, it's a cyberpunk movie. So it involves, so without spoiling it too much, it is a mix of man and machine and it is, you know, high tech. It's, it's, uh, it's, I think it takes place in Japan and it's, you know, Japanese businesses running things. And he is a, it's kind of a lesser, a lesser employee. Uh, working for them and he's got high tech hardware cyberware in him and the movie focuses around that character and so calling him and it, that's the thing in that movie he's just called johnny <laughs> johnny just johnny and the—I uh, and i highly recommend that in fact minion we i have i must have made you watch it at one point because it, it is a very good movie in my opinion what movie johnny mnemonic
0: I don't remember anything about it. I don't think we saw it.
1: No? Okay. Well, I mean, that could be something we could queue up. Um, I'd love to see it again. It's been a very long time. And uh, so it is, there is a direct homage to calling this character Johnny. So I don't know how many people actually know this. I'm sure it's it's out there. So I'm... uh, I'm pleased to learn that I'm pleased to learn that, but a lot of people are, are really hyped for this as a game and it got delayed it got delayed again, and it didn't just get delayed again. It got delayed again. The announcement came. Okay. So in, in, for some reason, people think Twitter is real, real life. So somebody tweeted the developer with uh Hey, I'm, I'm the, the, the person said the average. The user, right? The everyday person uh, tweeted the developer and said, Hey, I'm thinking of taking tomorrow off for the release of the game. Can you, can you confirm, I I can't remember the language, but like, can you confirm undeniably that the game is definitely coming out tomorrow and that it's going to be okay for me to take the day off. And the developers actually uh, responded publicly to this saying, you know, confirmed, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the day after they announce that uh there's an an additional delay, <laughs> like the day after uh so and it's it's weird because this highlights that there are people that actually take time off work like they catch the covid <laughs> the the day of game releases and uh so um yeah. So, and that really the the fact that that happened that signal boosted the problem that a lot of people are probably doing that so there was, there was quite a buzz and quite a lot of frustration over the and and this is the thing and you read through all kinds of comments and all kinds of stuff and so I mean uh one person that I read the comment of uh they were saying uh that that they were they've been a tester I've been a tester I've actually been uh, both a beta tester, a public beta tester, and a private alpha tester for major video games. And like I have an NDA that I still have that I still have signed, and I'm not sure if it's forever, forever. The game's not online anymore. And I'm still not sure if, if if it's okay if my NDA is gone. Um, and so the 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 thing is, and I agree with this this person that was saying that if a game is being delayed, like this multiple times, something bad is happening. Something really broken is there, like really, really broken because they've, it isn't just that they've said that they're going to delay this game. They said that they're going to delay this game. And even on release, there's going to be a zero day patch, <laughs> which, oh, I mean, I thought it was like a, a, a hush hush thing that developers were supposed to pretend like they don't always do that.
0: I'm pretty sure the zero-day patch, though, because the discs have already been sent out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, and with the extra, and since they pushed it back, more things, possibly more game-breaking things have been found. A possible game-breaking thing has been found, or they want to prevent the Witcher Three cattle-killing exploit from happening what what is that i've never even heard of that so cd pro cyberpunk 2077 create developer cd project red made a uh created did a game series called the witcher based on a book in i can't remember somewhere in europe and the and the author... Well, or, or, that's a different story, but... So, the game's called Witcher 3. There was an exploit where... Well, you can kill uh, animals and creatures and such for uh, drops. And it turns out that cows don't fight back. So, you sit there, kill two cows, and then put your character on meditate, or... Well, you set the character to wait, and then after X amount of time, the cow spawn back and you just kill him and do it over and over and over and over again. After a while, they patched it where, if you do it one too many... I don't know the number, but after you do it for some time, it spawns a savior for that ca- I guess it would be a savior for that and it's really hard to defeat if you're low level and weak. Oh, okay. So there...
1: You're wondering if there might be an exploit, something along those lines. Like I would not delay a game for that. I would wait for that to be discovered and then deal with it later after the fact, um, you know, the thing is they've got like, they've got literature out there, they've got advertising out there that was advertising a specific release day and so them, them, uh, reneging on that promise means it means a lot because it's printed material that's, that's out there. That's promising this thing. So it's gotta be something, whatever is happening has to be, it's not just that they're teasing this, that they're playing, that they're working on hype, that, that they're fiddling with stuff in order to change the release day so that they have a competitive edge based on a comparison to other games or something like that, like something is just really wrong. Like really, really wrong. And, um, it, it's probably technical. There's probably technical problems, but at that point, like who the heck knows, maybe what happened is they pushed a bunch of critical developers too hard and those developers cracked or they quit or something. And they were, they were working on a very important zero day stuff. And the next people, the next programmers who inherited that effort, uh, can't comprehend it because they're not nearly as good as those developers, and that just grinds everything to a halt and that's the kind of stuff that can happen that if the developers don't aren't managing their people correctly, then the well, it's like i've I've talked about uh, i had talked about i can't even remember the name of the game now um it's got a strong a name oh, boy, it's a terrible game. Oh, okay. Well, good. I'm glad it's kind of purged from my memory now. Well, you've got the hockey stick problem where the deadline there, there you've got crunch time, and one of the problems is as you approach that crunch time, you you you're kind of killing your developers like by inches, pushing into that. And if Cyberpunk did that, and they started losing people, which yeah, maybe that happened. I I I suspect something like that. I suspect the combination of uh, man, manpower, brainpower somehow, and, uh, and major problems. Like the, the problem they cited was that there are multiple platforms that they're releasing on and many, and you were saying last show that, uh, it's, it's fairly straightforward to do the windows, then Xbox, whatever the heck the next generation is to do a kind of the quote unquote port that that's straightforward. But they're doing that. And,
0: well, it should be easy. I don't know much about how soft, how the software works, but that's how it was touted for a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the entire point. But uh, I think nobody really knows for realsies how easy things are because uh, now, in reality, we have games that are coming out and then stressing that mechanic. So it may well be that uh, this game isn't properly working on some of the platforms because of, there are these fundamental issues with, I mean, who knows, maybe they're pushing, uh, extra super advanced new graphics technologies, and they just learned that things don't work the way they expected with the the actual hardware in the real world that they now have access to, like odd things happen, odd things happen. So a lot of people. Like, I just, I can't be hyped anymore. I don't, I don't, something happened to me a while ago where I just stopped. Like, I'm kind of dead inside for a lot of games. <laughs> I was, I was, well, maybe I, I'm going to quote myself. Hang on one second. I'm quote myself on Discord. And uh, so I was talking with, with guildmates about, uh, about the problem of hype with games, because specifically the, the expansion for World of Warcraft is supposed to be coming up, and it's basically a new game. So it's kind of it's important to a lot of people, because the game is, is really old, right? So people have a legacy of playing it, which makes it a little bit more important. And so I was saying that, uh, to quote me, I want to be hyped, but not knowing means not anticipating. Cause they don't even have an estimation for a release day. They just gave up. They're like, well, it's going to be the end of this year. I'm like, oh, okay. The expansion is going to be the end of this year, but there's additional content that's supposed to be coming that people are already hyped for. I, I want to take the, the day. Off. I want to take the week off. I might not do this podcast. Like I, would but I, now I don't know anything about anything. So I'm kind of like, I just don't care. And it's the same thing with all these other games where I'm like, I would like to care. I would actually like to save the money and set it aside. Cause come on guys, this is Christmas. Money is hard to come by right now. And some of these things are the gift that one gives to oneself for Christmas. And so all these games are kind of competing. So like, it's, it's like $120 for world of Warcraft that I'm going to have to sink into it plus monthly subscriptions. Right. So that, that's how much money I've got to throw at just that one video game. And what am I going to do with cyberpunk? I'm going to do what $70, however much it costs. And then I can't even split my time. Like many, you and I, you and I were, were thinking of like streaming, streaming, and I can make myself available for that. Like I'm, I have to rearrange this room and then I'll get my, I just don't know where I'm going to put. You know how hard it is to level out a camera. I have a little level bubble on it, but I have to put it on a stand in front of me and fit my monitor on my desk and all that.
0: Yeah, so I have to move stuff around. Then I can be on camera. Then, wait, you how how would you do your level then? Okay, so so um,
1: I what I would do. So I've got a stand. So I've got both desktop clamps with arms. Like I've got my microphone on one and I can do the exact same thing. I've got spares. I can do the exact same thing. Just put the webcam on it. But what I would have to do is that I'd have to go well, out. I'm going to get a new microphone in, which I'll talk about in segment three, but I can take this ball joint. And what that does is I can screw it on. And then it gives me uh, an incredible range of motion for the webcam and the webcam itself has a range of motion as well as like two joints in it that I can move around. So I actually have the ability to tilt it, uh, and, and wiggle it in all kinds of ways. So, uh, my intention is to bring it up to, to like, traditionally it sits on top of a monitor, so I might just peek it behind my monitor. Uh, that's what I have now. It's just wall mounted now. It's like perfectly placed, just in time for me to rearrange this room. <laughs> I'll probably leave it there, get a 720p camera, put a clamp on it, and, and use that. Because if I'm like a postage size thing in the corner of a stream, I don't have to have a 1080p camera. And that way, this is on my wall, and I can actually uh, elevate it and I can stand here. So if we were to do a podcasty thing, I could just stand in front of this camera, or switch, and sit down and stream. So I, I, I can actually have multiple cameras set up. It's easy enough for me. And I know how to do scene switching and OBS and all this kind of, I mean, I kind of unintentionally plan ahead and the way this room is going to be set up will bring everything out of the way for when I'm standing in front of the camera. So I, I'm, I can get hyped for doing that because that's kind of stuff I can set up and be interested in and. So I can sit down and stream for the game, which, which is perfectly fine for me. And I mean, we can put the show while I'm playing, <laughs> uh, and, and I don't know what you're good for. <laughs> we can switch between me being on me streaming with me in there. And then you streaming with you in there on, for your game, something like that. Uh, cause I'm sure they're going to be boring moments and one of us is going to be boring. We'll switch to the, to the other person's gameplay. Uh, that might be an interesting thing that might keep the interest up. So you enter into a cutscene. scene. We switch over to you so people can watch that. Something interesting happens for me. We switch, but if I'm just kill grinding or something dumb, then whatever, switch to you. That might, might be a cool thing to do. And then, um, then which will I, then we continue our weird conversations. So, I mean, there's, there's lots of cool stuff that we can do. We can figure that out. And we can gate it through, we should have at least one other voice chat, uh, video chat, desktop sharing, or game streaming tool working and run some tests before all this stuff hits before all this stuff releases that, and run a couple of practice podcasts. And that would let us. That would give us backups. I don't like the idea of relying on discord because obviously it's been having problems and We don't know why it's not our fault. And I don't think anybody else in here's, I don't think anybody else using this net connection, unless they're, they're war driving and using our wireless, jacking into our wireless from outside our place. I don't think anybody's doing anything particularly aggressive. Um, I'm yeah, yeah. So. Our synchronization stuff is the most aggressive bandwidth eater that we have, and it's really smart and really gentle and possibly slightly unreliable. I'm still running tests they It's still worrisome at any rate, at any rate. Um, why don't we, I mean, this is a pretty interesting break. Why don't we take a break right now? It'll be a little bit longer and come back to segment three. We can talk about more administrivia stuff, uh,
0: maybe some random stuff. And so I'll see you guys soon. Well, I'm back. Are you back, Minion? I do not hear you. Everything okay? it's not paying attention to the last minutes.
1: <laughs> That's why I listened to the music, actually. That's why I insisted on music that is listenable. Well, hello, everybody. And here we are. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. This is Lucid Indifference. We are back for segment three. Um, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm so tempted to talk about Joe Rogan. <laughs> I mean, I'm paying I want to pay closer attention to other podcasts. And one of the the traps that people have is you you enter into a market, you're either inspired by people who are already there, or you use them as models to to mimic and in order to to chase some You know, you're always in somebody else's shadow, but you're kind of like picking up crumbs or maybe you see yourself as having some value that they're not addressing, but you can still get inspiration from or learn from the the mistakes of something else. And so when I think about doing better for a podcast, I think about successes that are out there. I think the Joe Rogan show is still the most popular and there's a few others that are up there some of which are a little less controversial. I do consider him to be controversial. And, uh, so like paying attention to his stuff I've watched, I think this, uh, his most recent episode, which I'm not going to talk about, uh, is the, I think it's the only one that I've seen entirely from end to end. And it's strange because I've talked about this before. As soon as you get a new set of skills, you experience life a little differently. And so I've got a new set of, of physical audio engineering skills, quote unquote skills, right? Cause I'm not, I'm not good or anything, but I understand certain basics. And I've talked about this before with that one singer online, I've seen her videos and I now understand the room. I'm, and it's, it's weird. Cause I'm, I'm listening to this podcast, which has nothing in it of any interest to me. <laughs> so I'm like shrug, but he's got a new studio as I understand. Cause they were talking about that. And I'm looking at the room and I'm understanding the shape of the room and the stuff that's up on the walls and th- the layout of things, the, I'm trying to f- figure out the brand of headphones and I reckon, I actually recognize the microphones like that's a that's like, wow, that's, that's really cool. I know, I know how to buy that on Amazon <laughs> and then I'm looking at the boom arms and some weird adapter on it. I'm just, I'm really excited. It, and cause it constantly, cause it's got three angles for th- three separate cameras for the different, cause there was one side guest who I didn't recognize and, uh, the main dude and the main guest, right? So it's got a few different camera angles and I'll get to see the equipment from different angles and they've got matching equipment as part of the visuals of the show. And it's weird because like the shape of the room is it's, it's long, but it's got a slope in the, so the, there's a seam around the middle of the walls and the top part of the wall is actually sloped up, uh, in towards the room. And that does certain things to the acoustics of the room. So I'm thinking, wow, they're. I wonder if they did that on purpose because you can do some really interesting stuff behind the room there that really does treat audio differently, specifically uh, low end audio, bass audio. Maybe they're doing something with that. I wonder if they did that on purpose, or maybe it's just because of the space that they're in. This is like ah, that that shape. That's like the kind of wacky shape in a, like an attic that's been converted into a bedroom, right? Because you've got the sloped roof. So I don't know. So I'm thinking if it's not like that, then they did that on purpose. I wonder what's happening. But what really, I mean, I know I'm like fanboying over the strangest stuff, but, uh, uh I, they do, there's something called mic handling and different microphones have, have this problem in different ways. So I'm going to do it here. So I apologize. Like you might've heard a little rumble. This is just me touching and very slightly moving a microphone. So that is mic handling and certain microphones, (laughs) that was a phone that just fell down. I'm sorry. Um, there are certain microphones that handle that concept, that problem a little differently than others. And it's not necessarily a price thing where you just get a really expensive microphone and that problem goes away. It's, it's just different. And, uh, and the thing is you'll see uh, musicians on stages and they are pulling, they're tilting the mic stand and they're holding the microphone and they're moving it around and nobody in the audience will ever hear anything with that. Like, so there's no mic handling. The thing is with the microphone I have, that, that is a major, major issue. Like I can't touch anything. I can't touch the microphone. I can't touch the arm. I've demonstrated this with a, with a, a quite high quality uh, shock mount. It does absolutely nothing at all. And I can't type and tap the desk and all this kind of stuff. But on that podcast, which I was watching, it's it is also meant to be an audio experience, like podcasts or audio, right? But I'm watching it and looking at all their equipment and, and, and they're touching the microphone. I'm like, how do they do that? <laughs> like, what are they doing to make the mic handling just not be there? This is just weird. And, uh, cause I think, I think it actually goes out live too. I'm not sure now after the fact, maybe there, there's some modification that can be done, but honestly, uh, man, there's really nothing you can do when there are those little bumps and stuff in the middle of people talking because at one point somebody actually like half backhands of the microphone by accident while in the middle of talking, there was nothing. It was, it was weird. It was so weird. So obviously there's something there to learn. And so, I mean, there's a, there's a, a value in paying attention, no matter the content of what other people are doing. There is one other, uh, podcast that I want to, I don't even remember. What the, uh, Sam Harris. He's some, I don't know if he's an actual philosopher or what's going on, but apparently he's like a chill dude that meditates for five minutes every day. And, it, and it, it like, uh, it, it, uh, shows, <laughs> it shows with his personality. And so I, I'm wondering if maybe I should go watch his really old stuff and just see what it's like and listen to things and, and get some experience with, because I get the impression that the pacing of the way he speaks is something that I could probably mimic slash do if, uh, I learned to chill it. And and that would mean if I had topics which were fairly consistent, I'm just making stuff up as I go, uh, minion, you could feed me with all kinds of topics. If you wanted to, I could probably give you like a topic generator. Wow. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a link in discord and just have you like, look at it while I try to not clickety clack so hard. I'm going to remove this from post anyway.
0: Oh, right. It doesn't make the sound anymore. Oh, sorry about that. Man, I keep pressing push to talk when I mean to talk. Like,
1: uh, yeah, it's such habit from playing video games. You always have to have push to talk. Um, so, sorry. Uh, th- This is, I sent Minion a link to one of these wacky.
0: Oh, this is one of those. This is essentially a small talk conversation. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and it's like, well, that's kind of dumb. That's not exactly what's useful. What's and the thing is what most people do. And this is why if you go out, man, the the new YouTube, right? I got into YouTube when when people had something to say, it, it it there was meat, right? Even if a lot of people were talking about the same thing with their spin, their perspective, there was always meat. There was an actual topic. Nowadays what people are are doing is they're feeding off of like mainstream news or events. And they're like, just they're adding noise or they're riffing off of and just presenting. So they're, they're taking the exact same content as somebody else and they're presenting it with their style. There's nothing wrong with that. The, uh, in, so there's this, uh, audio project called LibriVox, And I'll, I'll link to it. If you are new with speaking and want to get into, and maybe want to have your hand held a little bit, get some good advice, some instructions and learn to do speaking and record it and actually contribute something to like to mankind, like the LibriVox project takes public domain, uh, books or poetry or short stories or whatever, and uh, asks the public to, to speak them. And they've got this idea called the choice of voice. And what that means is is if there's something and multiple people are interested in speaking it, then let them. And then a listener can go and listen to at least a little bit of each of these people find the one voice that they really like that they can tolerate whatever and and just listen to that. So you can have multiple people that all speak the exact same chapter. Now, unfortunately, things get a little weird because you get multiple people collaborating on different chapters for the same book just to get it done. And you have to remember, it isn't just that these are amateurs. There are standards and there are quality things and things are listened to and all this kind of stuff. This is why I would recommend it for somebody who's very new. Um, and, and that's good practice. And it does give back. Okay. It does give back the, uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, wow. I really did lose my train of thought. Um, any, anyhow, how about that local sports sports ball team? Um, well, wow, okay. So I was talking about like mainstream news and people riffing off of that. Like, so now the, the contents of YouTube are kind of useless and, but what they're doing, what, what say The other people who are kind of in my position, like me, the human being, uh, they're in the same position. But what those people are doing is they are using mainstream news and events out there in the world, the recent drama, for example, they're using that stuff as their topic generator and then taking everything else, everything that everybody else talks about and just uh, mashing it up or, you know, they're, they're, they're doing the old, I mean, they're taking, they're taking the ideas, but sometimes they are taking the content and they're, uh, they're fair use modifying it and they're giving it back. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the equivalent of a choice of voice. So you may not like that official news presenter, So it would take maybe an extra hour or two or whatever the heck, but you might have some amateur presenter who's more in tune with the way you listen. And that person will steal the content, essentially, like take actual journalism and then just be a new presenter, which, I mean, there is, it's, it's, it's kind of like piracy, isn't it? (laughs) Because you have an actual journalist, an actual body there, right? Actual, an actual industry surrounding that. All that costs money. And then you have some person after the fact, just like taking the script and reading it themselves. Like, I really hate the idea of people pulling up a news article and just reading it off. Like, look, guys, you're that's not useful. <laughs> but, like, they're not. They're not fair use modifying it enough for me to feel like it's an ethical thing to do, but at the very least, like that's okay. That's choice of voice, but that's not actually interesting. It's not useful because I could, but it's not new. It's not anything. It's not the old YouTube where people didn't care about the news. People, there was like drama stuff, but nobody cared about that. It was all about deep, interesting discussions about that stuff and cat videos and you didn't have these like terrible ASMR channels and makeup and (laughs) unboxing. (laughs) Um, I I bumped into another and he, he has a separate channel just for unboxing the stuff that it goes to his other channel that he does major reviews on that like, and his intro video is just him touring his place and showing off all the ludicrously expensive stuff he has like, Oh wow. Thanks dude. Um, No, (laughs) don't like it. Don't like him. Anyhow, anyhow. So the, the, the problem of being prompted to talk about stuff is I'm perfectly capable of saying anything about anything for forever because it's been this many episodes. Uh, it's been, I think it's 30. This is the 30th officially, but there's another seven. Uh, a second one should be going up soon. I don't know if you've already queued it up. Like um, I, I, some of the records from back then are a little bit funny, but I mean, I'm putting up as much as we as we can as I'm listening to it. So and and again, I've said this before. Our previous stuff before episode one was us trying to figure out what this means, what this is, how this would look or sound, what the topics would be, and and I would just talk as though. I would just talk like normal. Like how I'm talking now is not necessarily how it would talk. This is not coffee shop talk. This is cleaned up more. This is not bar talk. (laughs) This is cleaned up a lot more. So I'm just not, I'm not going to talk about politics because who cares about Canadian politics? (laughs) Not, not Canadians. Uh, And I'm not American. So what, what do I care? You want me to complain about NAFTA, NAFTA going away and being replaced by something else? I guess that's. No, <laughs> I just don't care. It's not worth it. So, oh man, here's my train of thought. So there's, there are topics in that old stuff that include that side of things that may or may not be appropriate for, for re-release now. Uh, so that's, that's one of the things that's fascinating me is going back to some of that old stuff. it it, it is only months old, but it is a very different person my past self in that context is very different and so edgy to say the least <laughs> you know the privacy of your own home kind of thing edginess is uh, crazy anyway anyway um I do have other stuff to talk about so in editing my old shows i have uh, I have been tortured by weird breathing a creaking chair uh, pen clicking just absolutely awful audio like omnidirectional microphone settings and mic handling <laughs> desk handling uh, i did use a, a a desk clamp but it was on a table that we were sitting at uh and you could hear traffic outside and the room was terrible and there was a kitchen and i had to i'm still trying to like noise remove people doing dishes <laughs> This, so it's actually stressing my, my skills out, quote unquote skills, out. but it's strange because the, the engineering tricks that I'm doing, they're working really great. Now, the one thing that I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm really bothered by the idea. The idea is, uh, when, so Minion, you listen to stuff still all the time, right?
0: Something like music or other people talking? Like podcasty talky type stuff. Yeah yes. Okay.
1: So when you're listening, uh, between, let's say between sentences, is there dead air or do you hear like a background sound of some kind? Do you remember that? When I'm listening to
0: people? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Is there a room sound that continues that persists
0: between sentences? No, all you do is generally just hear the voice. So. If, uh, but that's normally a curated or a room somewhat prepped. Right. Okay. So you're not listening to people live. You're listening to things
1: kind of post-produced after the fact, right? One is one isn't. Okay. So for the live one, you can probably hear more of the room. It depends on their settings and their equipment and stuff like that. Yeah. But the one that's prepared, um, because one of the things I do, so the reason I bring this up is one of the things I do is during my editing process, there's a trick called, um, noise gating. And what noise gating is, is it, it is the ability to reduce the volume of stuff. If it's, so it's like, uh, adding insult to injury. It's, it's beating a dead horse. It's kicking you when you're down. If a volume is, is too low. So there's a threshold. If it's too low, um, uh, the noise gating will actually reduce it more. So it's too low, it reduces it more. And so it actually pushes stuff down a cliff. Now I have the option of taking, uh, taking audio that is between sentences, knowing that it's between sentences, cause I add magic and so with magic, and I can actually just make them dead and make it completely dead air. And I can do that with special magic. and. Uh, And and it always bothers me because when I'm listening to it, when I'm doing my own editing, there's this background sound that happens. I do noise removal, right? And that makes all the stuff between sentences nice and quiet. And then I can actually make it silent. And it always worries me that maybe people that have a really good ear find that jarring, find just the absence of everything to be kind of odd. So I'm not sure. Maybe it's just my ears. So you haven't noticed anything between sentences. So hopefully, I mean, you have no taste and I know that you don't have ears. So maybe I shouldn't have brought that up. I just don't care. Maybe. So I'm, but I'm thinking. I have taste. I just don't care. (laughs) I'm trying to think of, of a certain flavor of sound and I can do that with voices now. I'm doing it fairly well. It seems to apply with yours as long as I can get you to actually talk like a person, like your mic's in front of your face but you still can't talk loud enough for it to register you properly. Um but uh, so I have one audio massaging macro in so on Audacity you have a chain of different effects that you can put together into what's called a macro and I'm using the exact same one for minion versus myself. And uh and it works just fine. Uh, the equalizer maybe that needs to be fiddled with. Uh but I don't know what I'm doing for that. So I'm using like I'm using a manly man equalizer and, uh, that seems to work, but I still think like, I know it's a con. Okay. So I know it's a con when somebody says, Hey, you can give me 50 bucks and I'll, I'll draw a line for you, which is all an equalizer is like, I know there's a con happening there, but I still kind of, I'm, I still kind of want to do it because I'm getting an actual professional engineer for realsies to do this based on my unique voice. And so I might do that with the new microphone that I'm coming in that, that I have coming in. And, uh, I mean, it's coming in like next week or so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm trying to get hyped with at least something in my life. So it's that, and, uh, this microphone is from a company called Rode, and it's a Rode NT one. Now, I don't know if I can recommend that or not, but uh it's a work of art. And that's one of the things that sold me is number one, it's a work of art. Number two, it comes really complete. Uh, and number three, it's Australian. And so it's it's not like one of these, it might be a great quality mic, but it's not a it's not some thing from that place, right? It's not where everything gets made. It's just It's a bunch of Aussies making some really high quality stuff and, uh, and listening to all these audio reviews, all these microphone reviews. I came to the conclusion that, uh, I care about one thing when it comes to microphones, I do not care about its live performance, which might bite me it for doing live streaming, but I know some magic that's going to force me to apply magic that Very few people know to do very few streamers. If any, will actually do. They'll just use a certain kind of microphone and then deal with it. I'm going to use a certain kind of microphone. I'm not going to deal with it, deal with it in that sense. I am going to actually use it and process it in a certain way to make it sound the way I want. So one of the things that I chose this microphone for other than it comes in a kit and it's gorgeous is, uh, it is flat. And I've talked about flatness being extremely important for, um, headphones. So if you want to listen to an authentic reproduction of what you're hearing, you don't pipe it through an equalizer and then pipe or headphones that have like the bass turned up or have quote unquote brighter audio or lyrics or whatever. None of that mess. It's just completely, it's designed to be as authentic as possible. And it's not inexpensive. It's not You can get expensive for everything, of course, but headphones that are, that are sold with that in mind are not extra expensive or anything like that. Yeah, but there are comfort issues and all this kind of stuff. So that always adds to the price. And there's another version for microphones and this, this has major controversy and a lot of people will, are, are, they really hate this idea. The idea of having a microphone be authentic, it sounds like a weird thing to say. So they want a microphone that, that gives a certain kind of quality to their voice. So it's got to have these EQ curves where it lifts a certain range in the, in the mids and it raises the treble up and it act, makes it voice brighter. And, and, and people talk about these slopes. And, and so if you go and look at microphones, they're sold with this little graph. And it makes no sense to most people, but you learn about it and it really, really does matter a lot. And this microphone, so the Rode NT1, which I will forever from now on call the rodent, the rodent one has a curve that it, that that's it's level, it, uh, drops off at the base end of things because nobody cares, but because that that's traffic, that's not voices, that's traffic. So it slopes that down just a little, and then it's flat and it's literally totally flat. Like the graph is flat, but in reality, maybe it wobbles around a tiny bit and it's just smooth in the graph. Cause they're being a little dishonest, who knows, I'm not going to try to get, do some science and test it. And then at the far edges of the right-hand side, it picks up just gently. And that's probably because people, uh, that's a voice, that's a certain end of the voice and it picks it up a little bit, which I disagree with, but it's at least it's very gentle. And I know how to EQ that out really easily. So I can actually make my voice flat, but it's not that I want to make my voice flat, I don't, it's that I have a very predictable baseline with this microphone from which I can modify it with an equalizer in exactly the way I want without having to fight with it to pull it from wherever it tries to, it's trying to be smart, (laughs) so I have to have to dumb it down and then I have to adjust it the way I want. I don't want to have to do that somehow in software in post. And I really don't want to have to figure out how to do that live because if I have equipment between the microphone and what's called the, the USB interface. So basically between the microphone and the computer, I can put hardware there and I can fiddle with stuff, uh, that a microphone that is too weird. You can't fiddle with it very easily on the way to your computer. a lot of stuff gets really hard. so. I don't have to do that, that with this microphone and what's nice about this microphone is, um, it, so the one I got is a, I don't know, I think it's still available. I'll link to it, uh, is it's the microphone and normally it's just a microphone that's sold. It's no, nothing. This is the microphone. It's a, an interface as well. It's an interface branded by the same company. So it's, it's made to work with this microphone, this exact model of this microphone, which matters a lot to a beginner and it's made to be really low noise, so it's got quality electricity. You can think of it that way. Okay. And it's, and magic. Okay. And then it's got, the microphone has a shock mount, which is nice because shock mounts, shock mounts are a little expensive and it's got, which really sold me, so it's got a pop filter. So it's not one of these clown noses where, which is just for wind, it's for outside, but people use them anyway, for some reason, a a proper, um, pop, pop screen, pop filter is it's usually like this metal rounded ring with a, with a pantyhose (laughs) stretched out. Maybe it's two layers. If it's good, this microphone, this kit, it, it has that, but two things, number one is it's It's, it's a beautiful, thin rectangular shape that just fits right over it. Well, okay. It's still out and it's still a flat surface. It's two layers and it's metal. Okay. And it fits into the shock mount directly. So the problem with streamers and with people that want to show their face for whatever reason, right. You've got this clamp on your arm, this, this, uh, this tentacle, the metal, the, the the Doc Ock tentacle reaching out with this gigantic circle. And that's right in your face. It's just terrible. And so this is a little, it's not perfect, but it's a little bit smaller, a lot nicer and fits right in. It's, it looks fantastic. So I could actually have that, uh, clipping my mouth, for example, or I could have that just off the side and it could be visible on frame and it looks fantastic the other selling point of this thing. And most people wouldn't see this by looking at it. And thankfully I saw reviews and I saw the thing. And I, and I, again, I learned about new technology, essentially. I know about shock mounts. I've played with them. I've, I've got a couple, I've used one of them well enough. I know they're garbage. Okay. So I know that. So it's a combination of my mic being too handily sensitive and the shock mount. Maybe it's not as good as I thought it was. You know, maybe I got, I got fleeced. And I know that it wasn't quite appropriate for the type of microphone I had it and all this stuff, but the magic was not there, but I know the magic is going to be there if it's being sold by the manufacturer in a kit. But what's interesting about this particular microphone is it is not a typical shock mount. It is so much not a typical shock mount that I have never seen it with another microphone. Uh, it is a totally different technology of shock mount that, uh, that suspends it in much the same way, but with different, um, material with different, with a different technique. And that shock mount, I went looking for it to see if I could buy it separately. Cause like I've said, in, in last episode in 29, I talked about purchasing a kit of stuff. In that case, I was, I was, uh, talking about a ring light and a kit because I, and you look at all the different parts and you're like, oh, oh, that stand cost this, that, this cost that. And you can think, you can understand the value of all the components a lot better. They won't sell you on that almost, almost ever. But so you can under, you can help sell yourself with and understand the value of it for its parts. And sometimes you want to buy a kit because it's got all these parts that you want, plus I, plus it has a light, right? Plus whatever. In this particular case, I'm looking at this shock mount. This shock mount is no joke, more than a hundred dollars just for that shock mount. And I can't get that pop screen anywhere, even if I wanted to. And that interface is unique to this kit. And like, okay, like there's a lot of selling points there. So I, cause I could buy that microphone alone, but because I'm pulling everything into, into this kit, I'm getting a lot of stuff that is really special and unique. It, it isn't, it isn't, uh, just that I'm getting that shock mount and that it's great and all it's actually, uh, branded by this company and it's got, it fits the color scheme and everything. So it's, it all works together. It's all black, which I guess that's a thing, you know, matte black. So it doesn't stand out too much. I was looking at something that was shiny silver. <laughs> um, I still kinda, I don't know. There's a limited edition on all that. I think that's what, but the, the flat EQ, man, did that sell me? Anyhow, this is an Australian company. And so they are, they, there is Australian attached. And one of the things that you get is you get incredibly incredibly high quality service from them. And so I went looking, I l- went looking at their website. Cause one of the things I do with the products I own is I want to go to the the manufacturer and learn more about the product as well i did that after i bought this but i still want to go and check you check through their marketing material maybe you get user guides it turns out i get like uh i got firmware uh updating stuff for the interface which i didn't think was the thing but that's awesome And a bunch of other things. And one of the things they were offering is registering your hardware, which is something that not enough people think about. And you really, really should, especially for something like a hard drive, always buy Western digital and you can register with the manufacturer. If, uh, and if there's a problem, you can send it back really easily. So for Western digital, you can, you flip your hard drive over or use software to get the serial number out of it, and you can register that particular device. As a side benefit, if you're like if you do that and your stuff ever gets stolen, you've actually got evidence and registration of ownership uh, in stored with third party and stuff like this. It can be quite useful. And so I was doing that with with Rode, and I went to them and they're like, "Hey, register your thing. And we give you an extended warranty." I'm looking at the extended warranty. Not joking, ten years. I, I was worried about buying this on the wrong card. Because I get extended warranty on one card, but not the other. But like, oh well, the ma- I'm like, wait a second. The manufacturers like, th- there's this warranty on this and this warranty on that, and I have to register my items separately. And so I I got a hold of the manufacturer. <laughs> I love being able to do that. And I got a full manufacturer. I'm like, Hey, uh, I'm getting this kit here. And I pointed Amazon it's from their official store. So it's not some weird third party thing. So it's their official Amazon store selling this kit. It just doesn't happen to be. There's a different kit that's available for warranty, but not this. So I asked them, Hey, what about, what about this one that I have? Um, and they're like, no, no, you can just register this here like that. And this here, like that. And I'm like, well, cause that didn't cover, I know it sounds dumb, but I wanted to warrant, I wanted to know the warranty on the shock mount and the pop filter. <laughs> like, okay, what happens if I drop the, the, the screen and it dents a little bit, can I like get away with sending that back? <laughs> like, cause uh, you know, maybe and that might matter if I'm live streaming with this nice screen and pe- people will only see the back of it cause they see the microphone. And the screen is between me and the microphone. It's on my side of things. It's not on the camera side of things, but what, what if there's a little nick? What if like some of the color rubs off somehow? What if whatever, right? Can I send it back? And the, I, cause I know the shock mount costs a lot of money. What happens if it dries up, it cracks, it wears out. It breaks like something not user error. Oh, well, So I got a hold of them a second time. I'm like. Uh, the advantage of being a writer, I'm like, uh, so, and so I, I kind of gently inquire about warranting for the other things. Like, are they covered under these other things? Like, and they, they get back to me, like those will also be covered under this, the warranty for, I think it's the microphone itself. So I'm like, oh yes, this is awesome. Now a microphone. So there's i uh, I've talked about the idea of buy it for life right? I've talked about that. And the most obvious thing is for clothing, but there's a lot of other stuff that you can get that has a, an extended shelf life that you can purchase that you can buy in bulk. And it's a great way to save money uh, if you buy a lot of stuff in bulk. And so in a sense, you can purchase a product and you can choose to pay more for it and know that you suffer a little bit because of that. Don't eat out for a while. Don't eat your luxury food. Don't, don't do other stuff for a little bit, suffer, but know that you pick up some product that is useful, useful, and that might actually make money. Like buying a new microphone might make you money if you get into voiceover work or acting or something like that, which is getting to be more popular these days. So, and I'm interested in that. That's something I'm going to be investigating in the next probably couple of weeks. And Uh, in this particular case, there's, there's a concept in, in voiceover people that talks about buying equipment for life, quote unquote. Now, 10 years is not for life, but boy, is that a long time. And I'm betting you that, uh, in the next five years, I'll probably, I might actually earn money to replace the microphone because that, that is a very obvious direct investment, isn't it? It's actually not the most important investment room treatment is or hiring a vocal coach, Vocal, <laughs> hiring a vocal coach. So I can get rid of that weird tongue sound that. Me chewing on certain words, the, the technique that's more important. That and room are more important and maybe like social media skills or helper or something like that. Like h- hiring somebody to train minion better. Like I use a Cossack whip, but maybe there's some better technique that I don't know about. So, I mean, that's, that's worth something and that's probably something I will achieve in the next five years, right? The, the quote unquote five year plan. Um, and so having spent more on this, more than the, that you can get a discount buying something, a little, you know, no name brand or whatever the heck, but buying more gave me a great warranty. Like that was a really, that was a fantastic thing to learn. So yeah, uh, looking for manufacturer warranty information, before you buy something, I think I'm going to add that to my recommended stuff. You know, you, you look at reviews and you listen to people that talk about their warranty process, because some people will say, oh, the warranty, it doesn't apply in Canada. So I'm Canadian. So that's a really big deal. So why, why buy a thing if I can't get a manufacturer warranty that applies to me And some places are just weird like that. Now you can purchase, uh, a lot Amazon in particular will offer um which is funny for this microphone I'm glad I declined it uh they will offer you uh third party uh, warrantying service which I've actually dealt with uh I I gently nudged them and they uh, kind of cleaned up some of their act to to serve Canadians better which is nice and uh I will take credit for that Anyhow, you can do that for a lot of products and, and so they'll be able to help you, but some manufacturers can't. And a lot of places you might get a deal from like Joe's electronics or whatever the heck. And, uh, the problem is that is not the manufacturer. So maybe the manufacturer won't recognize your purchase properly because maybe they will begin the warranty process from Joe buying it. Not from you, Joe, from, not from you buying it. So your warranty may be short or it may not apply or, or weird. So you read comments, you learn about these experiences from people who are local to you, hopefully, and don't buy those things, pay more to get something else, even if you have to switch brands. So I think road as a brand, I can, I can recommend, I'm just, I'm just assuming that the microphone is any good. I mean, the only, the people that, you listen to a microphone reviews, and those are people who are trained speakers or who are, who are too annoying to listen to because they're like the unboxer types and they're just obnoxious. The, the, they have the personality, which uh, they're, they're excited. <laughs> so uh, they're unlistenable. Or you get people who are professionals who are testing this stuff out. So it's kind of hard to know if uh, it suits you right? A lot of things are like that. So for microphones, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's one other brand from Shure. It's a very simple microphone that I would recommend. Uh, I can't remember the model offhand. I'll I'll definitely link it. Um, but as I get into the audio stuff, uh, segment three will be more and more about me talking about things until I've gone through enough that this will be practice for me making a script and actually doing, like I will on my set of stuff, do a very, very long, uh, like multi-hour thing, talking about absolutely everything that I've gone through as a way of just handing everything that I know on a tray and everything that I learned is right for me. That's not right for everybody. Right. And maybe I'm going to be wrong sometimes, but you know what? Probably not because I'm really good at learning stuff and I try to learn from the mistakes of other people. And I, like I said, last show, I pit professionals against one another. <laughs> I figure out where they agree. That's what I do. And where they don't agree. I'll talk about why I made certain choices and uh, why I, I hold, why I hold certain opinions because I like trust that expert over that expert. Um, but there's not there's not so many circumstances where that matters because where experts disagree lies, this weird chasm of strange exceptions for professionals that that's not me. That's never going to be me. That's never going to be minion ever, ever, ever. Um, what else is there to talk about? So we got like seven minutes left. Hmm the other thing, uh, I, I value backups. I'm an archivist. I really think that everybody should have like two or three backups of everything they've ever ever done. And if you have do something like social media, it does not exist. And you do not exist until you have the ability to both download it, keep it back it up into a second place and repost it someplace else. Cause it doesn't matter if you have a copy of all of your, uh, YouTube descriptions, for example, if you can't uh, if you can't copy paste them back up somewhere, like if your channel gets nuked for some misunderstanding and you make a new ch- and, and you are allowed to start a new channel, right? Don't, don't break the rules. Uh, how do you copy paste? Maybe you have copies of your videos. Well, how do you copy paste your description. So there's all these problems. Okay. So I think about all that stuff. And the thing that I've been thinking about most recently is communicating over the internet and making backups now. One of them is extending your hard drive by reaching through the internet and having a cloud service with space and how that works and making backups, having them make, having them manage backups, which isn't just that they have a copy of your, of that stuff. Like they, they have a copy of data that is associated to you, but they don't know what, what it is. Like that's important as well as maybe following certain medical or governmental, uh, rules on how data is managed for security reasons, which, which I pay attention to. But, but they also keep backups for themselves. So they have uh, multiple hard drives for your stuff, so to speak. Right. So the, I've gone through a bunch of services and I've talked to their technical support and their sales and stuff like that. And if I've looked at things and I've judged things, I think I'm going to settle on a company called, uh, I can't remember the company name, but the website is sync.com. And the reason I recommend them is uh they are dead easy. Now, w- just what happens is uh your explorer window, this is an internet explorer, this is your file explorer. So this is explorer.exe. So if you press Windows E, that's what comes up. Uh your file explorer, you can have you can make a special folder, and in that special folder, you just put files there and those files, you can keep using them. They get automatically put up into backups automatically. And you don't have to think about it. You don't have to press any buttons. You don't have some stupid, bad interface, GUI, some other program. You never have to worry about that stuff. It's just done and you interact with it like every other file you have. So I can put the show up in, in a special folder and it will automatically upload things as I'm working on them. Now, the other magic is because it's called sync.com. It does synchronization, which means I can set that, set that up on a second computer and have it automatically download it. And it can, again, anywhere in the world where you have internet, right? And I can have multiple computers that do that all synchronized together. That means I can also go to that other site, that other computer, my desktop to my laptop, right? And I can modify the same content in the same folder and it gets automatically distributed to everybody else. Now that is important. If you are doing something for a living on a computer, you want to be able to, to service your employer without having any computer problems get in the way. And one of the things that you need to do is have backups, not just backups of your data in the sense that you have a copy on another hard drive, but you need to have the ability to like my desktop blew up. Okay. Just walk over to your laptop, open it up. It's a, it's a, an underpowered. uh, Computer, something else, but it's your old one. It's, It's five years old, whatever, but it still works. It's just a little slow and everything is already there. It's already been synchronized live while you were working. And just go fire it up and away you go. And while your main computer is being sent off to warranty, you've got this other computer. Now you might want to be real smart and have a second backup so that when something is off in warranty, you still have a, an alternate computer, but not all of us are in a position to get like a a second and a third laptop, right? You work, your, your main one is, is super duper. And you've got a backup one that's a little bit older and you've got a backup backup one. Right. Not many people can just have like, <laughs> that's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? Um, but with sync.com, this show is not sponsored by sync.com, but with sync.com, you can actually have that fold, and that could be like audacity or working audacity project as you're going, cause it saves as you're talking, which I've always worried about that, but it saves as you go. You could have that automatically synchronized to multiple computers and it it, it can recover from crashes and from your computer dying and stuff like that. So that's wonderful to hear. And, uh, that, that is again, inspiration from, um, Mike Delgado, uh, who I, I will, I'm really happy that he explained that, uh, and the ability to pull that off live because sometimes you're, you're working, you have to deliver that day. And so you can't afford to like reinstall windows or get a new hard drive or have something sh- like, Express shipping isn't fast enough when you've got people relying on you, especially when you have, it's not just that employer, but it's their, their employees or your coworkers or something like this that are all relying on that stuff. So have, have backup, physical backups of your hardware, get quality, really think about your warranties, choose your, choose your manufacturer correctly, (laughs) choose your brands well. You know, fall in love with a brand, develop that relationship, figure, figure out if you can contact them, what it's like, do they speak English, this kind of stuff. Anyhow, we're done. I'm happy. This has been uh 2020, 10, 28. This is episode 30. Hopefully, um, we're going to get episode 29 up tomorrow. That's our plan for doing this kind of stuff. But maybe what we should do is just have like the rest of our clips, Minion put the the rest of our clips and stuff up tomorrow and then schedule the actual show for the day after. My goal is to make sure that I stay up way up on time. Now that everything is wonderful to do. These headphones are pretty easy to listen through. (laughs) So it's working out pretty well. And so I can be, I can, I can have our live listeners excited for looking at a, a taped recording of much the same with better audio quality for the next couple of days, something like this. So anyhow, this has been Lucid Indifference, that's lucidindifference.com. Check out our, our website, look at the Eclipse playlist, and if you like our stuff, look at our full playlist. This is 30 episodes so far with some extras, so go check us out. I'll see you guys in a few days.